from the Mercy One Studio. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. It's time to hear from the top Christian litigators in the nation who have come forward to tell us the truth and help us defend our faith. Hear ye, hear ye. All rise. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano is in session. And Happy New Year and good Thursday morning from the Mercy One studio in West Des Moines. I'm Deacon Mike Mano here with uh, Gina Knoll. Good morning, Gina. This is the first time about eight weeks, I think, that we've been together in the studio to do this program. Yeah, it is nice to get back, isn't it? And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. How did you spend your holidays? Uh, We were, like most Americans and people around the world, at home with our family, Mm -hmm. no traveling. We... Um, it, it is the first time in my entire life that I spent Christmas in Des Moines, Iowa. Really? Yes, it wasn't, and it wasn't bad. The weather was good. We got mm-hmm. a little bit of a dusting, so there was mm-hmm. a whiteness about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were blessed to have food on the table, and I got to use my Christmas china on Christmas Day. I was wow, thrilled. that's good. Was yeah. thrilled. <laughs> yes. Was everybody home? Uh, our immediate family, right. yeah. The girls yeah. are both home. The girls are both home? Had, yep. Good. It's just us. Good. You didn't do anything special, did you? Uh, well, I, it just it, doing it differently was mm-hmm. what made, and we made it as special as we could. Of course, you know, I have seven brothers and sisters, mm-hmm. and um, so we spent most of the day reaching out to family mm-hmm. <laughs> on the phone or FaceTime or whatever. Mm-hmm. We never did do a Zoom, and that might have been a good idea, but we hadn't thought of it. So. Well, Luann and I uh, had a very quiet Christmas at home. Um, neither one of us went anywhere. Um, uh, I think she went to church. I, I still wasn't able to, at the time, to get up and go back to church or anything. Wasn't able to do that to just this last week. But, uh, yeah, we spent a, an evening watching uh, uh, television and some of the Christmas specials, and uh, it was very quiet, just just Luann and I and the cat. Well, you needed to rest mm-hmm. to heal, so mm-hmm. I'm glad to see you're doing very much better. Your color's better. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I knew I was better when Luann said, Go get it yourself. You know, <laughs> tired so of waiting on me, Hannah. She was, and she didn't catch it at all, or at least she shows no signs of it. Yeah, of it. Well, yeah. So it was uh, energy is what uh, is what gets to you. Uh, you know, you're sapped of energy, and um, you know, I get up. Uh, I was telling Tony here before we started, get up some morning, brush my teeth, and then I have to sit down and rest. Yes. You know, it was it was like that. But well, it's we winter time. Good time to relax and rest and regain your energy level. Right, and, and get weighted on hand and foot. That oh, was yeah. Uh, it sounds yeah. to me like that's <laughs> over with. <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. I noticed this season that there weren't any. I didn't find one legal case dealing with um, an attack on Christmas. No fights over nat- nativity scenes. How about you? Any I didn't legal see cases? any either. No? I didn't see any either. So a lot of stuff on the election <laughs> and on corruption yes. in the election. And, um, uh, and of course, I think we 
ought to join the chorus of people who are condemning the violence that occurred yesterday in Washington, D.C., although I don't think the uh, inspiration for the violence came from where the media is pointing to, but... We will see as as the uh, as the investigations go out, and I hope we will. I mm-hmm. hope they're all very um, transparent, and we know exactly how that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and we pray for all those who were injured or lost their lives because of those events. Yeah, I guess one person was shot, and the other three that died, I guess, were medical emergencies that occurred there. Now I don't know what kind of medical emergencies they were. Um, Get back, hit in the back of the head with a bolt, that's probably in a medical emergency. But I, it sounded more like it was normal heart attacks and things like that. But still, uh, it, was, it was a terrible thing to happen, uh, and, and it shouldn't have happened. But, and I really don't think the uh, authorities were prepared for it. Well, yeah. So, but that's, that's all. We'll find that out in, in later uh, as they do investigations. And uh, hopefully these investigations will... Uh, uh, they'll, they'll provide us with the evidence and uh, and the information on it. Well, I still believe that we're a freedom-loving, peaceful nation, and we will defeat the, the evil that has seeped into our um, secular mm-hmm. society. And uh, God is good, and we'll make good from from all of this. Well, I think God is going to be getting our attention for the next couple of years with what's going to well, go on. Yeah, we do need to turn that direction. Um, I think so. so. I think so. I think that's uh, one of the problems that we've been having. We've become too complacent. Right. And that's why we have this show, mm-hmm. so that we keep an eye out for those attacks on, on people of faith and their, and their practicing their faith. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, too. We have uh, uh, Denise Harley, who is the senior counsel with Alliance Spending Freedom, and she's involved with this uh, case in Virginia, uh, where uh, the Virginia legislature... Uh, has passed some draconian laws concerning who um, uh, nonprofits and churches can hire. Uh, and what this is directed at, of course, is the LGBT thing. They don't. That's kind of what I read between the lines. Yeah. I'll be interested to see if that yeah, Denise gives us that background. When, when the churches want to hire people, and somebody says, "Well, I don't agree with your position on marriage or whatever," now it's a t- it's a hundred thousand dollar fine. If they don't hire them. So we'll talk to her about that. And then uh, Myrna. That's better than a stimulus check. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, your stimulus check won't cover that. Myrna Maloney Flynn, who's president of the Massachusetts Citizens for Life. We had her on before Thanksgiving. There was a bill in the uh, legislature there that uh, had passed. It was... uh, uh, major changes in the abortion Expanding law, their, uh, and yep. they have a pro-abortion governor who did not want to go through with that. He thought it was too far. He, he thought it went too it. far, vetoed it, and it was passed over his veto. So we're going to bring her back and talk to her about what the ramifications of that may be, especially now that we see the new makeup of the Senate and mm-hmm. what's going to be happening That's in a right. couple of weeks with the uh, new um, administration. Faux Catholic, shall we say, oh. administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, definitely pro-choice or pro-abortion administration. That's right. That's right. Do you have a prayer to open us up with here? I do. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. God of peace, bring your peace to our violent world. Peace in the hearts of all the men and women and peace among the nations of this earth. Turn to your way of love those whose hearts and minds are consumed with hatred. Strengthen us in hope and give us the wisdom and courage to work tirelessly for a world where true peace and love reign among nations and in the hearts of all. Amen. Amen. And that's truly what we need these days right now, that prayer for peace and 
peace in our hearts and peace in our land. Uh, we're going to take a short break here. We'll be back. When we come back, we're going to have uh, Denise Harley from the Alliance Defending Freedom. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. And you're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Uh, we have with us right now Denise Harley, who is Senior Counsel for the Alliance Spending Freedom. Uh, Denise, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Doing all right. How are you guys? We're, we're, we're just good. fine out here in cold Iowa. <laughs> so um, you are involved in a, uh, in a case in Virginia about the Virginia Values Act. You want to give us a little background on that so the listeners understand what is happening here? Yeah, happy to. And I'll say my husband is a, a proud Iowan, so we, we get to spend plenty of time there, and we absolutely love it. But, Good. Now the uh, question have I to, have to ask you is, have I, the question I have to ask it now is, uh, Hawkeye or Cyclone? Okay. So he roots for both. Okay. His pride for the whole state is so strong, but he did graduate from Iowa State. Okay. Oh, okay, that's good. That, I, my master's year. is from Iowa State too, so <laughs> that's good. All right, let's uh, let's go back yeah. to Virginia, where incidentally I was born. 
Oh, I in, had no idea. In, I thought it was in, Philadelphia. In Virginia. And uh, uh, what is going on there with the governor and the legislature and this Virginia Values Act? Well, everyone should be free to live and work according to their beliefs without fear of unjust government punishment. But the state of Virginia has passed a law that they call the Virginia Values Act that actually forces religious organizations to violate their beliefs. So this law prevents churches and Christian schools and other ministries from acting upon any of their biblical beliefs about marriage, gender, or sexuality. And it imposes fines of $100,000 per violation. And so we filed a lawsuit challenging this um, because it violates religious freedom. In in a major way. Yeah, it certainly does. So in other words, uh, under this law, if uh, I'm a very conservative Orthodox Christian school and I have a a married transgender person who's married to somebody of the same sex or the same transgender, whatever it is, um, and they apply for a job and I don't hire them because of that, I can be fined $100,000. That's correct. And also would force any church that has a health insurance plan to cover, to pay for, um, gender reassignment procedures. And it bans ministries from even publishing words that would be considered discriminatory based on gender identity or sexuality. And that so that would mean just like, you know, a verse from Genesis describing God's creation of us as male um, and female. They made them male be. and female, that's right. And, yeah. and that that would be punishable? It would be punishable on the face of this law. How and about... it's very clear from the legislature was intending very much to go after um, people of Christian faith because that's what they see as, as bigotry and discrimination, when so, in fact it's just core belief. Right, so the, uh, a, a pastor's uh, sermon... Uh, it could be cited for a $100,000 fine. It says, yeah, I mean, the law says communicate, post, issue, indirectly or directly. And so it's very, very broad language. And so what we're hoping with the lawsuit is, you know, best case scenario, the state will come back and say, oh, no, we would never apply this to a church. Um, But we're pretty skeptical. It's clear that the state of Virginia has ramped up its attorney general's office to enforce this law and to punish anyone who disagrees with their um, LGBT ideology. Now, what was the impetus behind the law? Why, why yeah. all of a sudden did they pass this Virginia Values Act? Based on the legislative testimony, they were very concerned about certain employers who would not uh, hold the more liberal view about LGBT issues. Um, So, you know, they were pointing to things like Masterpiece Cake Shop, where the um, Jack Phillips, the cake artist, you may recall, declined to create a same-sex wedding cake. He was happy. uh, He was not going to use his artistry to celebrate and endorse something that violates his beliefs. But he would serve anyone who came into his um, shop happily. So he just doesn't communicate all messages. And so they were trying to, Virginia was trying to punish and target any business, place of public accommodation, um, or any other organization that might hold beliefs that 
that Virginia sees as discriminatory. Did they... But unfortunately for them, the Supreme Court has made it very clear that um, Americans are free to live out their religious faith. I was just going to say, did they notice that uh, Jack Phillips won that case in the Supreme Court? That did not seem to slow them down. In fact, the case law is very much not on their side. Um, even this past year, the Supreme Court decided another case called Our Lady of Guadalupe out right. of California, which made very clear that um, faith-based organizations have the ability to decide who teaches their faith and what their faith says, and that the government can't come in and tell um, churches and ministries how to believe in their you know, in their religious tenets and how to execute those. Where are we in the lawsuit right now? So we've filed our complaint, and we expect to see um, the state of Virginia's response in the next couple weeks. Uh, we have two cases going on. So we have the state case on behalf of several churches, Christian schools, and ministries, and then we also have a federal case on behalf of um, a Christian business owner, a photographer who... Um, again, will serve everyone that doesn't do certain messages like same-sex weddings. And so we think both of the hearings will be in the next two months, and we've asked the court to rule um, immediately that the law is unconstitutional and must be struck down. And so if we get our way, then hopefully we'll have a positive ruling and the law will be off the books. Um, by the end of spring. Is there any temporary hold on the law, some type of injunction? Uh, There's not. So right now, churches... Pardon? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, we saw an injunction in the federal case, but right now, churches are um, really under the sort of Damocles. They are facing at any moment. Any citizen in the state can complain to the Attorney General, and it can immediately launch an investigation um, and subject them to a $100,000 fine per violation, which is, again, why it's so important for us to go ahead and file this lawsuit, even though it hasn't been enforced yet. It's on the books. It's clearly something the state is targeting, and it's in effect right now. So from what I'm hearing, there is no standing in terms of uh, someone that's actually violated the law and had a a fine imposed upon them. Uh, are the rules promulgated? Does it did that have any impact on the way that you know you had mentioned that the uh, legislators had said, "Oh no, no, we would never go after that," but but the case could be tested easily. So, um, oh, absolutely! In fact, the statute is very specific. They added all sorts of um, procedural language describing exactly all of the many ways that a complaint can be launched at an employer or a place of public accommodation, um, including, again, any citizen can simply raise a complaint and immediately it triggers an investigation by the Attorney General's office, which includes um, churches can be, you know, brought under oath for questioning, um, documents can be demanded. Um, even if there was no basis for the allegation, a church would have to immediately be defending its reputation and undergoing a very stressful and intrusive process. Um, that could drag out who knows how long through the bureaucracy. I I remember in, I guess it was in Houston, Texas, uh, a few years ago, where there were subpoenas issued against church pastors for copies of their sermons. Uh, Is something like that permitted under this Virginia law? Yes, it's very broad in the discovery that the state can demand from 
Muslim churches. Um, and so uh, it's interesting to see that they're sitting back and waiting without, you know, instead of launching into it, but they're going to be forced to respond in this lawsuit and explain exactly what their intentions are. Um, the, the governor of Virginia issued a press release yesterday that the attorney general's office has launched an expanded fleet of attorneys specifically to prosecute the Virginia Values Act violation. Well, we know who the governor is. Uh, we refer to him as Governor Blackface. Remember that uh, debacle with him? Uh, so he's not a very... Um, compassionate? Compassionate mm-hmm. or uh, <laughs> worthy f- figure to emulate. Uh, but in any event... Well, that uh, was going to be my next question. How do Virginians feel about this? I, I, mean, I see that it was the law was passed in July, and there was a lot of stuff going on in July mm-hmm. that might not have been on the radar of Virginians at the time. I, I think of Virginia as a very conservative state, or some somewhat conservative. How? Well, remember Washington D.C. Faith-based. No, that. I understand yeah. that there's uh, metropolitan areas, but what is the the um, mood of the Virginians over this particular issue? Well, you're right, Gina. That this really did float under the radar. And in all the conversations we've had with um, probably somewhere around the order of two or 300 different churches and ministries now in Virginia, so many of them are shocked to learn this, uh, did not hear about it. And so the more conversations we've had, I would say across the state, Christians are alarmed. They're very alarmed. They're very concerned. And that's why we were able to publish an open letter Um, to the General Assembly of Virginia and the governor a couple weeks ago where we had dozens of ministries sign on and and say, you know, we're not involved in the lawsuit, but this absolutely impacts us. This this impairs us from freely executing some of our core beliefs, and it restrains our speech as well. And we can't operate as a ministry if you prevent us from making sure the people we hire are, you know, agree with us about our faith. Oh. I, I want to explore a little bit further, uh, Denise, the uh, ex- extent of this law. Uh, if they can take a pastor's sermons, what about their private conversations? If somebody comes to me as a deacon for counseling and wants to talk about something very privately, or a, a penitent appears before a priest in, in the confessional, uh, is that subject to discovery there? So the problem with this law is it's written so broadly that anything, any person perceives as discrimination, including the example you just described, opens up the possibility of investigation and punishment. Um, and so, yes, I would say if that citizen feels like they are have been discriminated against, all they have to do is report it to the state, and immediately the state is able to demand discovery um, or to simply slap the fine on. Um, and if there's litigation, the attorney fees, unlimited attorney fees and damages, um, will be put on the church or the ministry. And when you talk about slapping on the fine, uh, is there a process for determining whether or not I'm going to owe the $100,000? Do I have uh, some type of tribunal that makes this, or is it just an arbitrary decision that's made by the attorney general's office? Uh, there is a tribunal. Of course, that tribunal is set up by these state <laughs> actors who, you know, and a kangaroo tribunal. Who want to serve I guess. On a commission. Yes. So it's it's not 
you know, it doesn't appear to be an, a neutral affair process at all, but it allows for, the way they describe it, it allows for a lot of just unilateral discussion. And, and it's a, sort of an arbitrary um, process without, it's nothing, it wouldn't look anything like a due process in, for example, a court for you to defend yourself. And I believe it's a 10-day window of time that you have to object to the penalty. Um, and I would just note, the publication ban, which would prevent, say, a Christian school from putting their statement of faith on their website if they, you know, have a sex-specific dress code or, or believe marriage is between one man and one woman, the violation could very well run each day. So each day that something is posted on the website could be a subsequent $100,000 violation. And so we're talking about, really, ministries being facing bankruptcy or being shut down entirely. Well, that's obviously the intent. Is there a, a specific organization behind this? And it, will they, will, if yes, will that organization, are they working with other states to enact the same kind of um, legislation? We saw Equality Virginia being the biggest proponent of this and having several uh, Virginia legislators on board. Um, and I, I think you're absolutely right that I think if we see this um, succeed in Virginia, that other very blue states will follow, um, you know, probably immediately. And so, again, that's why, even though the law hasn't been enforced against anyone yet, we felt it was really important to go ahead and get a court ruling, have a court strike this down, and send a warning shot to any other state legislatures that are considering doing something like this. It's such an attack on people of faith. Well, and we see that all over these days. Uh, there's a, almost a universal attack on people of faith. And, and it comes from one side of the aisle, and we have to stand up for that. So let me ask you, uh, Denise, uh, how do we find out more about what is going on here? Do you have a website or something that uh, people can go to if they want more information on this? Or uh, perhaps they have their own problems that they might want the Alliance Defending Freedom uh, to look at. Oh, you bet. So your listeners can follow along um, on ADFlegal.org. That stands for Alliance Defending Freedom, ADFlegal.org. You can sign up for case alerts, um, our newsletter, our weekly alliance alert, and to track um, cases around the nation that we're fighting to defend religious freedom, free speech, um, marriage in the family, and also pro-life issues. Um, We would love for your listeners to... Get engaged, um, support us through prayer, specific prayer for our cases, um, and if they wanted to um, give towards our ministry, because we are a pro bono, we don't charge our clients for our legal representation, or if, if any of your listeners have concerns, you can also contact us through that website, adflegal.org. Very good. And in the interest of full disclosure, I've been trained by ADF, and I was an ADF allied attorney for some time. I suppose I still am. It's you know, kind of like once they got you, they got you for life. Yeah. You know? But it is a good organization, <laughs> and, it, uh, and it does a lot of good things. And as we've seen, and for our regular listeners of the program, you know that uh, ADF and Liberty Council and Beckett Fund and all these organizations that are out there uh, do need your spare change to keep going, and they do do uh, God's work in defending churches and defending ministers and defending people of faith against unjust legislation like this Virginia Values Act. Uh, Denise, I want to thank you for joining us today. Um, give our regards to your husband for his uh, support of the Cyclones, and um, we, we will keep you in our prayers. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you both.
Certainly. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. We'll be back right after these messages. Thank you, Blessment International, for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Everyone lives their life 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. How we use that time directly affects if our life will leave a significant impact or not. Each year, Blessment International leads Central Iowans on a 12-day, all-inclusive experience sharing the heart of Christ with children in South Africa. Teams are forming to do something significant in an African child's life. Learn more at BlessmentInternational.org. That's BlessmentInternational.org. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online, ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Thank you, Skeffington's Formal Wear, for sponsoring Dowling Catholic High School football. In business since 1951, Skeffington's Formal Wear offers quality service, style, and selection, providing tuxedos, suits, and casual groom attire for weddings, proms, and any other special occasion. Skeffington's Formal Wear, with convenient locations in Des Moines, West Des Moines, Davenport, Coralville, and Ankeny. All locations are family-owned and operated by members in their respective communities, fitting you for life celebrations, online at skeffingtons.com. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. The cloudy conditions will stay with us through the afternoon, and our high stays cold, only about 33. A little fog overnight down to the low 20s and cloudy, and then we'll start off with fog tomorrow morning, clouds through the afternoon, and it stays pretty cold with our high around 30. The weather is brought to you by Divine Treasures, a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. And you're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. We are back with Myrna Malloy Flynn, who is president of the Massachusetts Citizens for Life. Uh, Myrna, good morning. Um, I hope uh, you're warm wherever you are. <laughs> Good morning. Yes, keeping warm for January. <laughs> um, we uh, we had you on. Uh, my notes indicate it was uh, last November the nineteenth. Uh, we normally don't have people back so quickly, but uh, there was something going on up in Massachusetts that we wanted to follow up on that you were talking about and kind of warning us about. So uh, why don't you first of all explain what was going on with this uh, proposed and now adopted, I guess, abortion law for the. Uh, uh, Commonwealth of Massachusetts. Sure. So 
the Roe Act was introduced two years ago, and it is a very extreme abortion bill, which has sadly been signed into law um, via an override of our governor's veto. We have a Republican governor, but uh, Governor Baker is pro-choice. He, he doesn't hide that. He's um, spoken very plainly about his belief that our, our abortion law um, was um, the appropriate thing for the state. However, this bill was so extreme that even he had said that he wouldn't support it. And he was consistent in his opposition to the Roe Act up until Christmas Eve, just this past December, when he vetoed the bill. And we were grateful. We uh, praised his action. And because he was, um, you know, the reason why he did not support this legislation was primarily because it was unsafe irresponsible, and, and not in the best interests of our women, our girls, uh, our newly born infants, and certainly our pre-born citizens. Well, I believe that the law, one of the problems uh, that he had with the law was it re- lowered the age to get an abortion without parental consent to 16. Correct. The initial law, however, would have permitted girls as young as 12 to enter an abortion clinic, obtain an abortion without any adult knowing about it. Our advocates were so vocal and and so strong in their opposition to that measure that um, we firmly believe that we changed Governor Baker's mind, and he, too, came out in opposition of that provision of the bill. And the opposition was so strong, the legislators changed their initial language so that now current law... um, is, as you said, requiring um, girls who are 16 and 17, um, they are able to go obtain an abortion without a parent or another adult knowing about it. So it's a tragic development here in the state. However, it could have been much, much worse. Yeah, so the original bill uh, or the original proposal was 12 years old. Was that correct? There was no age. There was no uh, age. At all. Okay. No. All right, so the uh, uh, the molesting uncle could take a, could have taken an eleven year old girl to the abortion clinic uh, to kind of clean up his act, right? That's uh, correct. Yeah. And any sex trafficking that may have been That's going right. on too. I mean, girls were clearly not protected, and so again, I, I think legislators did hear the opposition from their constituents and from our activists that it was completely irresponsible. And so we were able to have that provision um, modified in in such a way that, again, protects our girls. And there was also, I believe, a waiting period under the former law that was now done away with? That's correct. So what, what the new law does is allow abortions to take place any time, up until the moment of birth here in the state of Massachusetts and without waiting period, uh, without any kind of ultrasound uh, requirement. It it is um, sadly as permissive as the New York bill that was passed not too long ago and and the one uh, to your neighbor um, in Illinois. So it's it's sad, uh, but we have seen a great willingness 
on the parts of our supporters to act, to learn, to do more. People want to become involved, and that's the silver lining that we've seen in the past two years. People have been getting in touch with us over 24 months and just in the past week since this became law, wondering what they can do. And, and that, I think, is the great lesson here is that we aren't giving up and neither are our supporters. People realize that to do nothing is the same as to be supportive of this heinous new law. And so people are ready to act. And so we have filled our website, uh, maprolife.org, with resources, with ways for people to educate themselves, educate their neighbors, and and keep moving forward. No one's looking back. We're looking forward. You know, what is the fear about a, a, a national uh, response to this in, in other states? You, you mentioned two, Illinois and New York, uh, that have expanded their abortion laws recently. Um, what do you see in your position uh, as happening in kind of a, a national movement to do this? Is it is it there? Is it not? What do you see? Well, I, I see a few dark clouds on the horizon that we have to be prepared uh, to weather. Um, New Jersey, I know, is uh, considering a very similar bill. And with yesterday's election outcome in Georgia, we know that now the Senate is essentially um, tied with Kamala Harris, uh, a very radically pro-abortion vice president incoming. Um, and she will be a tiebreaker uh, in the Senate, and that's not good for us. We need to educate on a national level. We need to start that education at a very young age. And when I say education, it's, it's not hard. It is, it is opening people's eyes to the humanity of the unborn child, the dignity of every human life. And it's still shocking when we hear from people who are, by all, uh, you know, by the nature of the resumes, by their positions in the professional world, educated. Educated people still don't see the humanity of the unborn, and that's where we need to be more uh, effective. That's exactly my point I I, I keep making. I I have peers who are highly educated, um, who are professionals in, in high executive levels and um, faithful moms even that uh, consider abortion health care and that we're taking the right of uh, the human right of health care away from women um, when we deny them the ability to um, have an abortion. And I, I'm at a loss to explain the barbaric, what we're allowing under these um, labels as, you know, a barbaric slaughter of our future population. Correct. And and I, I think it, it, it comes back to that dialogue and the messaging that we need to crystallize and repeat over and over. It is a human rights issue, much in the way that slavery was a human rights issue. And that is also why we are so confident that once this messaging is disseminated far and wide, it's only a matter of time before people see. And, and you almost can't fault people uh, for not seeing because as you and I have experienced, people just don't know. And and so you almost have to sort of turn to that verse, um, you know, forgive them 
they 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 don't know what they're doing sure. and it is horrific what's happening and the numbers at which it's happening however we can't stop our work and and no. we know that we are on the side of the angels with this and we will continue to fight so it, it's that it's that optimism that we have to hold dear and and share the thing that's surprising to me uh, and I know Gina is concerned about all these people that should know better but the one thing that's concerning to me is how many Catholics well, that's uh, just it. Yeah, it's the blinder. Uh, but should know. It's so much of the secular, quote-unquote, um, indoctrination of uh, the healthcare mantra over and over again that um, pulls people in. And, I, you know, you've seen them, Myrna, and I've seen them, the women that suffer later in life from the realization of what they've done and how they cope. I mean, we're not just destroying unborn children, we're destroying the lives of so many of our young women by falsely helping them uh, into this situation. That's that's absolutely correct. And that kind of goes back to my point about messaging. And, and one of the key messages we need to control on our side, starting now, is the falsehood that women are strong when they have abortions that abortions are the only way for women to get ahead, to become equal with men. And that is such a falsehood, and it is doing so much damage to women in the moment and for the rest of their lives. And and somehow the other side has been able to run away with this empowerment theme, and it is dangerous, and sadly it's it's been effective on their side, but we can change that. We can show women who have done it all. Look at our most recent Supreme Court justice, for goodness sakes, Amy Coney Barrett has seven children and career, and she is the perfect role model for life. She is the perfect, strong woman, and there are so many more women like her, and we need to tell their stories to our young women today to let them know that abortion is not the choice that they need to make to have a successful, fruitful, fulfilling life. Well, and Abby Johnson, what another role model for our, and, and advocate and, and a source of great information for our youth and young women. Correct. Yes. I was, uh, I, <laughs> I read through the um, press coverage uh, on this particular legislation, and I noticed one of the champions of the legislation um, referred to pregnant people who faced these barriers and um, how proud she was of uh, the policies included in this new act. Um, To me, this seems almost, um, um, they're looking for to be identified as the woke generation. You know, look at me, I'm I'm so woke, the pregnant people and the pride in in this this right for women. Never say pregnant women. It's it's always pregnant people. people. I I noted the same thing. Yeah, yeah, I don't know how you can even fight in these um, cases when it just Mm -hmm. seems like it's something from fantasy land. It's shocking. The the wording in the legislation is shocking on so many levels, but the humanity has been completely erased. Uh, The the abortion law that we had up until last week, when you read it, when I first read it, I was shocked at how how human it was. The, the, the former law here in Massachusetts used the term unborn child. It used the term woman and 
pregnancy and birth. And you read the new law, and as you said, Gina, you know, there, there's a mention of the patient, of the pregnant person, of the live birth. There is no mention of an infant, of a baby, of a child, because that humanizes the individual who is losing his or her life. And the other side knows the truth. That's, that's the ironic thing about all this. They had to cleanse abortion law here because they know the truth. And yet they still moved forward with such a radical, extreme measure and truly for, for access, um, we're still stumped, honestly. We're still wondering why in a state where more than 18,000 abortions are performed every year, access is apparently an issue. Of course, that, that makes no sense to us. So the bill itself made no sense in the first place, and now that it is law, it, it makes even less sense. But, as I said, we know that there is hope for the future. We've had setbacks before, for sure, um, as pro-lifers here in Massachusetts. And we know what it feels like to lose. What we don't know how to do is to give up. And we're not giving up this time either. Very good. Uh, just one uh, question on kind of an adjacent uh, uh, field. Uh, what about um, uh, the battle for the minds of the children, school children? Uh, do you see schools taking part one way or the other in promoting abortion as a alternative to whatever they believe? Yes. Uh, sadly, Planned Parenthood has had a significant role here in sex ed curriculum in the public school system. And we have been working to inform parents of what their children will be exposed to. And the curriculum itself is nothing short of sickening. Um, some have called it pornographic. And, of course, Planned Parenthood calls it education. And so they are very much trying to convince young people of their wording, of their platform, of their worldview uh, at very young ages here. And, and we are working on that as well. Well, unfortunately, Myrna, we're out of time right now, but we'd like to thank you for joining us. Uh, we certainly appreciate what you're going through. Massachusetts today, I guess the rest of the country tomorrow is the way we ought to look at it. And it's uh, the battle lines are being drawn here. And, uh, and we pray for you and your organization and the work that you're doing. And we certainly appreciate the time you spent with us this morning. Thanks very much for having me again. Certainly. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you, too. Myrna Malloy to Flynn, president of the Massachusetts Citizens for Life. And Gina and I will be with you in a few seconds after this break. You're listening to Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, right you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future.
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Dowling Catholic Sports is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic. With two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling graduate, and Dr. Craig Harper, the Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at 60th and Ashworth in West Des Moines. 515-440-4610 or online ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des moines-dentalassociates.com. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Storm Alert Weather is provided by Divine Treasures. Divine Treasures is a Catholic book and gift store serving the Des Moines community for over 25 years. Their mission is to help Catholics know, love, and keep their faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and His Church. Divine Treasures is where you can find great Catholic books, beautiful Bibles, rosaries, jewelry, statues, and religious gifts for those memorable events in your life. Divine Treasures, 5701 Hickman Road, Des Moines, 515-255-5230. Thank you to Divine Treasures for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio's broadcast of Dowling Catholic Sports and Activities is provided by Kemen, a global ingredient manufacturer using science to transform the quality of life for 80% of the world. Kemen is on the leading edge of molecular science, manufacturing more than 500 specialty ingredients for the human and animal health and nutrition, pet food, aquaculture, nutraceutical, food technologies, crop technologies, and textile industries. Kemen strives to sustainably transform the quality of life every day for 80% of the world with their products and services. Kemen, using science to transform the world. Online at Kemen.com. You're listening to Faith on Trial. I'm a Catholic radio. Gina and I are back. And uh, as I, I was saying before, I think we did have a good program today. Very it, it, topical. Well, yes. you. Um, our guests were very interesting. In fact, I, I mentioned to you at the break how I thought maybe the case we, or the story we followed in Virginia of the legislation um, and the lawsuits involved with that legislation um, as an attack on those of faith uh, will be be interesting to watch over the course of this year. That's one of those cases that really helps define and sets precedent, hopefully um, protecting people of faith. I, I can't help but listen to both of our guests today and worry about the influence of the great deceiver. Um, he's working very hard in overtime to gain souls for his place in hell, and um, we have to pray hard, I think. That's a good resolution for for me, you, and, and all of our listeners. Yeah, we have to pray, and uh, we have to speak up, too. We can't sit back and just be complacent Catholics. We have to stand up and... And, and know back. our faith, yeah, right? Know and our listen faith. Our, listen, right. Um, listen, listen to the Word and, and, and live our faith. Yes, I agree. So um, this will be an interesting 2021. 
Um, I think um, I I I worry about I worry about the unborn with um, the outcomes of the election. I pray that the um, justices that have been appointed over the course of the last four years will be there as a safety net to to help those in those cases and and these kinds of. I'm I'm wondering if the uh, Massachusetts legislation um, expanding abortion rights for um, women there. Uh, is so broad that um, uh, legal cases will knock it entirely down um, in its entirety. So we'll have to follow that. Yeah, we will. And um, uh, but this is the trend, and 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 it's the political trend. It's a political trend. <clears throat> Somehow, uh, one side has become captured by those people who favor abortion literally abortion with no restrictions at any time, uh, and all sorts of redefinitions of what a family is and, uh, and, and what gender identity is, the confusing gender and sexual sure. identity. And, and this is just going to the heart of our culture, who we are and what we are. And, um, and it's interesting when we talk about fighting back uh, – it's tough to fight back from a religious point of view uh, because people without religion or who disregard religion won't accept that argument at all. So somehow I think we have to find a way to argue back on a, a cultural and a human uh, point uh, and a, a scientific Point. Well, I As would a, have said uh, follow the science, except so many that's been discredited so much through this pandemic. Yeah, but definitely, I would say from a humanity standpoint, right. and from uh, somehow we have to capture their emotions. I, I feel that so many people make decisions and opinions based on emotion these days, and if we could share that somehow. Well, a, a, a young girl who is finds herself unexpectedly pregnant, who is unmarried and maybe a student or something, um, you can understand how all this other stuff wouldn't matter to her right now. She wants to take whatever easy way out of her problem that she can find. And so as, as Myrna points out, this is not a heroic uh, activity, having the abortion. It's a very easy uh, position to take because now you rid yourself of what uh, is going to be a hindrance to you. Instead of realizing what truly this is, what opportunities you have, and what responsibilities that you have, too. So it's a harder decision, I think, for many of these young people to go and to say, I, I don't believe in this, I'm, I'm going to keep the baby, or I'm going to put it up for adoption, but I'm going to go through with the pregnancy. Uh, and and that's, that's the heroic decision. It absolutely is. And there, there's more and more day and growing uh, help for women in this situation. And that's the other thing that we need to do as we stand up to fight is uh, it, places like InterVisions Clinic and that is to make sure that they are fully funded and supported so that they can continue to help people as they are. Well, good. And I'm looking at the clock here and it looks like we're just about out of time. So let's uh, end with Let's invoke our, the help uh, of our uh, archangel. Right. Our patron here, St. Michael the Archangel. Defend us in battle. 
be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. Well, for Gene and myself, thank you for listening today. Join us next week for another edition of Faith on Trial on Iowa Catholic Radio. Until then, have a blessed and peaceful week. Our freedom of conscience and religion is being challenged by laws and regulations imposed by secular society. Faith on Trial with Defender of the Faith, Deacon Mike Mano. Faith on Trial, Thursdays at 10 a.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio, iowacatholicradio.com, and the Iowa Catholic Radio app. Support for Faith on Trial and Iowa Catholic Radio provided in part by Imogene Ingredients.